Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. There's a strange juxtaposition in our Parsha, Kisisa, with the command that God gives to Moshe to appoint B'Tzalel to oversee the building of the Mishkan. So, in the last two Torah portions, Truma and Tetzaveh, it was described to us what had to be done, what work had to be done. And finally, Hashem says to Moshe, appoint a person who will work under you, who will oversee the building of the Mishkan, and his name is B'Tzalel. And then immediately after that, the Torah says in our parsha, Ach, however, as Shabso Sai Tishmoru, make sure that you guard my Sabbath. Make sure that you do not violate the Sabbath. Why does one need to be next to the other? Well, the simple meaning would be to teach us that observing Shabbos takes precedence over building the Mishkan. You might think building the Mishkan is like a national emergency. It's got to be done right away. And in fact, you would be have, have support to think that because once the Mishkan was built and was in effect, there were certain actions and rituals that took place on Shabbos that normally would have been a violation of Shabbos, except that God specifically commanded that this takes place. But um, offering offerings, public offerings on Shabbos, which if it wasn't commanded by God would be a, 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 a prohibition of Shabbos. So clearly, once the Mishkan is running and the base of is running, Shabbos is set aside under certain circumstances, but the Torah is saying for the building of the Mishkan, no, no work on Shabbos. It's strange, if that's the message, that this message is repeated at the beginning of next week's Torah portion, the Parsha Vayakel, which begins as follows. Vayakel Moshe has called Israel, and Moshe gathered the entire Jewish people. Vayomer Alehem, and said to them, This is what God commanded you to do. Six days you should work. On the seventh day it should be a day of rest for God. Serious punishment for anyone who does work on Shabbos. Do not light any light, any fire on Shabbos. Then, This is what Hashem commanded to build. Now let's start building it. We know what it is. We have the person in charge. Let's start building it. Again, we have this juxtaposition between the laws of Shabbos and the building of the Mishkan. Okay, same message that don't think that you should keep building on Shabbos. You have to take off on Shabbos. No building of the Mishkan on Shabbos. Okay. I mean, but we already know that already. How many times does the Torah have to tell us don't build the Mishkan on Shabbos? So I want to share with you something that's much deeper. And let's start with a basic question. And I am sure that this question has occurred to 
if not all of you, very many of you? And it's a very, very good question. On Shabbos, we don't do work. The Torah says, Don't do any kind of work. Repeatedly over and over in different forms, don't do malacha. Don't do work. What is the definition of work that we may not do on Shabbos? Which kind of work? It's curious, fascinating really, nowhere in the Torah does the Torah tell us the definition of this word malacha, work. Nowhere in the Torah does the Torah tell us what type of work we are not supposed to do on Shabbos. And for those of you who are familiar with these laws, that which is actually practically prohibited, it's not so intuitive why this should be prohibited and some other kind of an action, which maybe seems like greater work, is permitted. What is the definition? So our rabbis in the Talmud explain that it is based on this juxtaposition of the two subjects. The reason, or a reason, that the law of Shabbos is repeated adjacent to, juxtaposed to the commandment to build the Mishkan, is to tell you the work that was done to build the Mishkan that defines the work that we should not do on Shabbos. In other words, build the Mishkan, and whatever activities you did to build the Mishkan, that's what you should not do on Shabbos. If a certain activity was not done in any way to build the Mishkan, it is, does not constitute work to be prohibited on Shabbos. The definition of work will be one from the other. They will be identical. So, for example, to build the Mishkan, you had to sew, you had to create tapestries, that's prohibited on Shabbos. You had to cut boards, connect pieces to build things, that's prohibited on Shabbos. You had to melt metal and to shape it into different forms, that's prohibited on Shabbos, etc., etc., etc. Some of the Categories of prohibited activity are not so clear. Where, where were they done in the Mishkan? For example, we're not allowed to write on Shabbos. Why are we not allowed to write on Shabbos? What writing was done to build the Mishkan? Very interesting. There was writing because the Talmud says they had all these boards, one next to the other, and they would take them down and put them up in order to create the building. And then when it was time to travel, take them down, put them on wagons, go to the new place, and then put them up again. That, but there was a rule that the boards that formed the walls, they all had to remain in the same location of the building. Well, how could you make sure of that? Well, it's very simple. On board number one, you put an aleph. On board number two, you write bays. On board number three, you write gimel. And so this way, when you come to put them together, you have the, 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 the letters that you can follow. So you make sure that each piece is in its same place. I did the same thing when I, when I uh, got a sukkah. Sukkah has many panels. How do you know which one goes next to which one? You put the wrong one in the wrong place, the whole thing falls down. 
I put an Aleph on the first one and a Bez on the second one and a Gimel on the third one. It works. So there was writing necessary to build the Mishkan to make sure that the boards went into the correct place each time they were set up. Writing becomes a prohibited activity, etc., etc., etc. 39 categories of work were needed to build the Mishkan. And the Mishkan was only worked on six days a week. And from those categories of work that were done six days a week to build the Mishkan, we refrain from doing that on Shabbos. Okay, that's what the Talmud says. But it does seem kind of arbitrary. I mean, you need some kind of definition of what is work to be prohibited on Shabbos. I mean, I could think of other uh, criteria. Um, work is going into the office. You're not allowed to go into the office on Shabbos. Work is traveling through the desert. You're not allowed to travel through the desert on Shabbos. Work is carrying heavy furniture up and down the stairs. So you're not allowed to carry heavy furniture up and down the stairs. I can think of lots of possible definitions of what should constitute work, each one with different examples. Why choose this specific uh, uh, criteria of whatever was done in the Mishkan is what is not done on Shabbos. Why, why is that the, the criteria? So I want to share with you a cryptic comment that was made by the Vilna Go and Rabbi Elio of Vilna in his commentary to the Torah. He says, concerning the building of the Mishkan, he says, and with these malachos, with these actions necessary to build the Mishkan, did God create the universe? Now, obviously, it's a very cryptic statement and it can't be understood on its simple level because obviously God is not sewing tapestries in the way that we're sewing tapestries. But there is some some connection, some direct connection between the actions that God performed to create the universe at the beginning of Bereshis and the categories of activity that the Jewish people did to create the Mishkan. Which, in, in other words, the Mishkan is a microcosm of the universe. And it goes like this. Shabbos is the testament to creation. God worked six days creating, rested on the seventh. We imitate God by observing the Shabbos. We work six days and we desist on Shabbos from the activity that God had been working on during the six days. That's what we desist from because we want to imitate God. So we desist from the work that God desisted from. What did God desist from? Well, the 39 categories of work that were used to build the Mishkan. Obviously, when God did it, it was in some inexplicable 
totally spiritual realm. But if you would take the activities that God did to create the universe and you would somehow transform them and translate them into human terms, they would show up as the 39 categories of work that were done to build the Mishkan because the Mishkan was the human counterpoint to the physical universe that God created. So that is what we desist on on Shabbos. To rest like God rested on Shabbos. And according to this, it's much, much deeper. The connection between the Mishkan and Shabbos is not just to inform us which activities are prohibited on Shabbos. The Mishkan is much more now we understand, than just the meeting place between God and man, as magnificent as that is, the Mishkan is the opportunity that God gives man to create our own universe, to create our human counterpart to God's universe. And that's why everything in the natural world is somehow represented or included. Animals, birds, fish, insects, minerals, plants, every color, every texture, every aspect of the natural world is somehow present, represented in the Mishkan because it is a microcosm built by humans of the universe created by God. The deepest significance of the Mishkan is that man is given the opportunity to imitate God as creator. The Mishkan attests to the dignity of mankind, to the privilege of being a partner with God. So to build the Mishkan, we do in human terms the same work that God did in godly terms to create the universe. And on Shabbos, we desist from those same actions in human terms that God desisted from on the seventh day after creating the physical world. But deeper than that, the Mishkan and later the Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple, is about how highly God values us. That human beings should be able to be partners, to build a human counterpart to the most magnificent creation that God himself did. That's a statement about the role of human beings within the hierarchy of God's thinking. It's the statement of the majesty of human beings. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel famously wrote, The greatest sin of man is to forget that he is a prince or a princess.
Nowhere do we see this more clearly than in learning which actions we do not do on Shabbos. So as we observe Shabbos today, sometimes we may chafe under a given restriction. Why can't we do that? I always wanted to do this. How could such a thing be considered work? It seems so minor. But let's remember the significance and the source of the definition of the work from which we desist. The source is in our ability to imitate God. My friends, I want to wish you a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.